Hiya, it's Carol here from Kicking Habits, a weekly show sharing stories, skills and techniques to help you take back control of the habit or addiction in your life. I'm going to be bringing you some fantastic guests to talk about their stories on how they conquered their habits along with some professionals in the field who will bring their knowledge and expertise to the show. Maybe you found yourself here because you're sick and tired of the rinse and repeat cycle of your habit or addiction. Then tune in and take away some nuggets to get you started on your journey to freedom. Enjoy the show. Hi, how you doing? Hope you've had a good day or you're going to have a good day if you listen to this in the morning. This episode is all about the menopause. Do, do, do that horrible thing that us women have to go through. I know a lot of my listeners are in their 40s and 50s, so I thought it would be really helpful to have some information around alcohol and how it affects our menopause. Um, Women generally go through the menopause, they say around 51, I know it can be much sooner and then maybe it can be a bit later, but even perimenopause in your 40s, you um, you know, can get those symptoms of hot flushes and memory issues and foggy head and, you know, hot sweats and things and um, it can be really quite uncomfortable. So alcohol really exacerbates um, a lot of the symptoms of menopause so it does it can make them worse so those hot flushes that the reason we get the hot flushes is it can be a dip in our estrogen levels but also it can be um, the red wine in particular research has shown it's a vasodilator which means it actually expands your vessels so you get quite hot I remember them coming on and I remember feeling them creeping up and it always was around my head and I would be stripping off. I've been known to stand outside on the back doorstep. Thankfully, we've got fields behind us and no neighbours. So um, I've been there, you know, with the cold air around me, um, just absolutely red hot. Always had a fan by the side of my um chair when I was watching TV but you could guarantee I was a red wine person mostly and you could guarantee as soon as I started um, sipping my red wine I'd have to get the fan out I'd have to strip off because those hot flushes would come and maybe you've never made that connection so I hope that's educated you around red wine being the main culprit for those hot flushes so maybe find an alternative That would be a good idea if they really do drive you mad. Um, Night sweats, you know, waking up in the night, absolutely wet through. um, And no disturbed sleep where alcohol is concerned. I've talked about it before where when we uh, are drinking, our body needs to stay uh, well balanced in homeostasis. So what it does uh, to counteract the toxins in the alcohol is it actually um, releases chemicals. And one of those chemicals it releases is cortisol, which is the stress hormone, as we know. Uh, And that cortisol lasts far longer in our system than um, the alcohol itself. So when we stop drinking, our blood alcohol levels drop, but the cortisol is still racing around in our body. 
So that is the 3, 4 a.m. wake up when we that stimulant is still racing around and we can wake up with that um, thumping chest, uh, anxiety. Um, we've all been there laying in bed trying to get to sleep and there's always that dread. Everything seems worse in the middle of the night. I don't know why. Um, so the alcohol, you know, with the, with the cortisol and waking up, with night sweats as well um it's not it's not a great place to be at three four o'clock in the morning that's for sure um alcohol disrupts our hypothalamus which is in our brain it's part of the brain that regulates temperature so again these hot sweats in the night have been our hypothalamus has been affected by the alcohol and it also disrupts our sleep patterns so not only are we um, disturbed in our sleep because of the hot sweats with the menopause but if we're drinking on top of that it's just making things even worse um, you know, our sleep's disrupted because of the cortisol. Um, our temperature is irregular because of the alcohol. And also, I don't know if you're like me, when I was drinking, I would get the munchies about nine o'clock at night. I would be in the fridge and I'd be looking for something to eat and it would always be carbs for me, carbohydrates. I'd be putting chips in the oven. I'd be ordering a pizza or a takeout or I'd be getting slices of toast. And um, the alcohol uh, affects, as I say, the hypothalamus, but the hypothalamus is responsible for our appetite. So those munches that you get after drinking is all due to that effect of the alcohol on that part of the brain. Uh, the, we think about mood swings when we think about menopause. These poor guys, our partners, and they have to put up with <laughs> us biting their heads off or be moody. Um, I know when I was working, I mean, I am probably the most laid back person you can meet. Really easygoing. I don't think the kids have ever seen me lose my temper. I just don't. It's just not part and parcel of who I am. Um, but when I was working, I remember this rage used to come on me. And it's a good job I didn't have a knife around because I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be threatening everybody because everything irritated the life out of me. It was an awful feeling and that sense of really annoyed, really annoyed. And, um, you know, alcohol affects our mood. So not only do we have to contend with the normal mood swings through um menopause but our mood swings um because of alcohol because it, it's a depressant and if i mean i drank through i had a couple of mental health episodes in i think 2017 2018 and i was drinking quite heavily then and i know i didn't do myself any favors because it is a depressant so if you're drinking excessively it really can affect your mood and actually make your depression worse. And the part of your brain um, that's uh, responsible for processing our emotions is called the amygdala. And it's particularly um, processes emotions around fear and anxiety. So if you put that together with the cortisol that I was talking about and the anxiety, that's a you know not a great mix really. Um, so just be aware of, you know, the parts of your brain that 
alcohol effects because alcohol is water permeable. It affects every single cell in our body. So even down to our, our bones, we look at our bone health. Now, falling estrogen um, has an increased risk of uh, bone loss, which can um, result in osteoporosis. So as I said, the estrogen levels fall, but heavy drinkers can contribute can contribute further to bone loss, increasing of course the risk of broken bones and fractures. Now we drink, I know science is has said in the past that red wine is good for your heart. And there's lots of research out there. Uh, some say it is and some say it's not. So it's it's interesting because there's something called confirmation bias, which means that if you believe something, you will actually go and look for evidence to back that up. And I used to do that with alcohol, like it's good for your heart. I remember an elderly neighbour used to always have a glass of red wine with a with a supper, and it would, and she always said to me, Carol, it's good for your heart. And since becoming a coach, I obviously look into these things, and there's an antioxidant resveratrol which has been found in red wine and the media love to make a big hype about it and you often still find it online um, in lots of research papers that it's good for your heart but actually the antioxidant to believe it or not it's in red wine and to to get your recommended daily allowance of the antioxidant you'd have to drink 40 litres of red wine per day to get your um, fix of resveratrol. So <laughs> you'd end up in A&E. <laughs> you'd be, you might not even survive drinking 40, well, you wouldn't survive drinking 40 litres of red wine. So um, let's bust that myth. And the antioxidant you get from red wine, you can quite easily get from any berries so put berries on your breakfast cereal, blueberries, strawberries, raspberries. Um, also, peanuts are a good source of resveratrol. And also, um, what's the other thing? Chocolate. Oh, yummy. Dark chocolate, not milk chocolate, dark chocolate. 70% or above. So I like the 70% chocolate. Um, and that's sort of my go-to in the evenings now at nine o'clock if I get the munchies, because I still get the munchies. Sometimes I'm fine. Uh, and sometimes I want a little bit of chocolate and that's what I'll turn to. So if you want that antioxidant, then those are three things and grapes you can go to as well, obviously, uh, because that's where wine comes from, isn't it? Um, now, excessive drinking, heavy drinking during menopause can lead to um, a range of health risks, including risks of cancer, um, Breast cancer obviously is a biggie for women and is one of the um, directly linked uh, cancers to drinking, along with um, six others, which is the um, mouth cancer, esophageal cancer, um, colon cancer, liver cancer. Um, what's the other one? Um, breast cancer. Yeah. So it's got direct links and I know breast cancer I've got a lady called Kath who's a, a 
coach who I did my coach training with and in October is breast um, cancer awareness month so I will be putting I uh, invited her onto my podcast and I've got that saved and I'll be releasing that in October uh, and we will be talking about um, or Kath will be talking about the relationship between drinking and breast cancer because she's actually a breast cancer survivor um, you know drinking it there is a hormone-based um, cancer that affects women. Uh, and you really, there's, let, let me think, the risks to women is if you drink um, three drinks per week, it raises um, your cancer odds by 15% compared to non-drinkers. And any additional drink after that increases your risk by an estimated 10%. So it's quite important um, that if you are a drinker, that you check your breasts on a regular basis. And if you find any lumps, then you go to your GP and uh, you know get them checked out. But Kath will be really delving deep into her story around breast cancer and um, she does a lot of work out in Australia in Melbourne where she lives um, about breast cancer awareness so um, yeah that's it I mean well that's not it as in the menopause it affects us the affects us it's a detrimental effect I think there's a lot of misunderstanding out in the big wide world about units and I think it's important to make it clear how many units um, the UK's chief medical officer, the guidelines are for both men and women, they shouldn't drink more than 14 units of alcohol a week. Well, a bottle of wine, depending on the alcohol, vol the the volume. Um, say you buy a fourteen percent bottle of wine. Always look at it because it's better to obviously um, buy a a lower ABV, which you know twelve or even less. There's some on the market than a low alcohol. I particularly am not keen on the non-alcoholic um, wine. But it is getting better. Uh, and there's a, a brand out there called Naughty, N-O-U-G-H-T-Y, which is about £10 a bottle. I don't think you can actually get it in the shops, but you can certainly get it online. But I do believe that the wines are getting better. Um, but uh, a, an alcoholic bottle of wine, you were looking at, you're looking at about nine units. So for your 14 units, 
that they recommend or less, it's a bottle and a half. Now, when I was drinking, I was having a bottle and a half of wine per day on most days. So if you pour yourself a large glass of wine, which is a 250ml measure in the pub, but who measures the 250ml at home? You don't, do you? You get a large glass on your pour. So you can almost guarantee, say if it's a 14% bottle of wine, that you're looking at at least three units. So if you have one glass of wine per day, then you are classed, any anything from three units and above per day is classed as a heavy drinker. So that means you're a heavy drinker if you're having one large glass of wine. So if you have two large glasses of wine, um, you're classed as um, a binge drinker. So binge drinking is having more than six units in one single session. So just be aware of how much you're drinking. And, you know, if you want to then measure it, because um, it's really important to keep a check on how many units you're having. Uh, And when you go down the pub, just check out what they've got. That's an alternative. You know, if you fancy um, a glass of wine, then have a glass of wine or gin tonic or whatever it is you have. But maybe look and see what other non-alcoholic alternatives they've got and maybe swap out an alcoholic drink for a non-alcoholic drink. Or maybe when you're shopping and you know you get triggered on a Friday to drink because it's the end of the week, you've had a tough week, then get some non-alcoholic alternatives in. I read an article recently um, that waitros are... um, sort of getting a a ton of non-alcoholic alternative uh, non-alcoholic drinks in as alternatives to alcoholic drinks so they will obviously still sell alcohol but they're doing a big push on um, non-alcoholic drinks which is fantastic because a lot of the supermarkets uh, don't have a vast range of non-alcoholic drinks Uh, I know Sainsbury's, I like their No Secco, which is obviously a non-alcoholic alternative to Prosecco, which is really nice. They do a cider, they do a 0% Guinness, which I think is really nice. Um, Lidl's, we go into Lidl's sometimes, they only have one, and which is um, a non-alcoholic beer, which is quite nice, but I'm not a massive beer fan. I go to Morrison's, they've only got a couple, a cider and a beer, and that's it. So you know, supermarkets really need to start stepping up because society's changing, you know, sober curious movement and this sober uh, space is is becoming quite big. And a lot of people are now realising that, you know, alcohol is not the elixir of life. It's not the be-all and end-all of drinks that society for many, many decades has portrayed it to be. And people are now becoming more health conscious. So be aware of how many units you're having. The World World Health Organization actually published uh, a couple of years ago back in The Lancet, uh, which is a medical journal, that there's actually no safe amount Uh, To quote, it says, when it comes to alcohol consumption, there is no safe amount that does not affect health. Now, I'm here to educate you. I'm not here to 
hit you with a big stick over the head, although I couldn't do that anyway, because <laughs> I don't know who you are for a start. But I do hope you're enjoying my episodes and uh, enjoying the education. And that's what I'm here for. I'm here to educate you um, and help you to learn around, learn about alcohol and how it affects our body um, so you uh, can make an informed choice about your drinking. So if you are a drinker, then I would highly recommend that you look at alternatives um, and drink in moderation. It says drink responsibly or be drink aware on the back of bottles because there's, <clears throat> there's no labelling. Um, Ireland have brought out some labelling, um, well, they are bringing out some labelling um, legal side of labeling on alcohol but all the all we have to do in the UK is just be um you know drink responsibly now what does drink responsibly mean drink responsibly for somebody like me would be a bottle of wine a night I would think that's okay because most people I know down the pub and most of my friends drink that if not even more somebody might think that two large glasses of wine is drinking responsibly but as I said earlier that's probably six units which is actually classed as heavy drinking so you know we need to be more aware and I just hope that labelling becomes more um, they become more transparent the drinks industry <clears throat> becomes more transparent around drinking and what's safe and as I said there's no safe um level of drinking but people will always drink and we do have a choice and you know that's important so I hope you've enjoyed that episode if there's anything in particular <clears throat> on any subject that you want me to cover then please do drop me a line let me know and I'd be more than happy to answer any questions you've got or cover any topic that you're really interested in so thank you for joining me today. Um, and as I say, if there's anything in particular you want me to cover in future episodes, do let me know. So you take care and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today. If you've enjoyed the episode, please hit the subscribe button and leave a review. If you've been left with a question from today's episode, then please drop me a line. I love to answer listeners' questions as it adds to the flavour of the show. And, of course, it's completely anonymous. All links are in the show notes, and I'm looking forward to sharing again next week and helping you to find your path to freedom. It really does take courage to take that first step. But remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. <laughs>